Sean Bryan, a.k.a. Shawnee B, is the main man behind one of Dublin's most popular uh, barbershops, salons, hair, uh, genius venues, uh, cut and sew. And one of the things that we wanted to discuss uh, was really this phenomenon that myself and Andre have no- are noticing, uh, bringing it really home about the importance and the trauma that men are feeling about their hair and not being able to get a cut on the reg. So we thought we'd get Sean on to talk about this. How are you doing, Johnny? Hey, Ian, I'm very well. How are you keeping? I'm good. I'm good. Um, first off, uh, if you can kind of cast your your memory back to a few weeks ago it seems like time uh, is very weird at the moment but when the immediate aspect of lockdown happened what was the scramble like for you uh, to figure out your own business so obviously i think uh, as a business owner the last big scare we had was i think it was the beast from the east the snow and a couple of years ago, I think that was two years, around the same time, two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And panic set in because we were, we had zero income like so many other businesses. But um, the way in which we work is, I don't know, the, the staff, obviously, if they can get to work safely, we have to pay them. But if they can't get to work, we have to pay them. Something was weird. So this had never happened. But I've always based uh, if like a storm happened again or something like this, we'd be prepared. And the day or two before the rumor started coming, I actually was quite ignorant to the fact that this was serious. Like I, I hold my hand up. I was like, this isn't going to be that bad, is it? Surely it's not that bad. And even having conversations with people walking around town, they were saying, ah, this, this isn't going to, this isn't going to hit us. We're a small country, blah, blah, blah. And I was actually just, I totally was just thinking it was going to blow over in a few days. So I wasn't prepared. Um, and we've three shops in the city with about 20 staff across the three of them. And I just, yeah, I didn't prepare for it, to be honest with you. And it, it was a big shock to the system when we got the, the total shutdown. And I think the 14th of March, was that the kind of day roughly? Around then, yeah. Around then. So it, it yeah, I don't know. I really, I would like to think I'm on top of my business and because I was just, I don't know, I was just ignorant. I was, and I'll be honest, I was just, yeah, I, I thought it would all be blow over in a week. We'd be fine. We're a small barber shop or barber shops, but um, it's obviously, it's such a close knit industry, you know, that it's now being crazily affected. Hairdressers and barber shops seem to be such a big part of the news. So yeah, it's pretty scary times. What kind of conversations were you having as that lockdown was ha- was happening with fellow barbers and, and salon owners in the city? Is everyone's experience kind of similar, just stopping straight away and trying to take things from there? So, no, there was a little bit of um, back and forth. Some of the, I don't want to be rude, but some of the, the non-national barber shops, I don't know if it was a communication thing, but people just stayed open and the, you know, they were just, I think people just don't have money. The profit margin in hairdressers and barbers is quite, it's quite low. And this year we've experienced a VAT increase from 9% to 13.5. So even though that's only a 5% increase, that is, that comes out of the owner's, uh, you know, end of year profits, which is actually massive. You know, if you consider you might only make a 20% profit on our industry, losing 5% of that is huge. So I did know of a lot of shops getting caught out, still operating and doing haircuts. 
and it actually backfired on it because people then went viral and kind of slated them and went on to Joe Duffy and all this kind of stuff. But the general high-end barber shops all follow procedure. And as much as it's it's hard to shut your business, we're open seven years, you just have to do it. Bite the bullet and then everyone at our level, I think, is pretty supportive. And there's kind of, i actually seen a really nice turnaround with people helping us and... Yeah, I don't know. The general conversation was a bit like, this is mad, isn't it? Like real Dublin Irish. Jesus, this is mad. I think the first week or two, everyone had the same conversation. And now it's kind of switched to, it looks like it's going to be going online and stuff like that. You know, trying to help people do uh, barber courses, how to do DIY haircuts, home cuts, home hair products. It's, it's, it's gotten crazy, to be honest. So one of the uh, things that you're kind of identifying there is the volume of conversation around hair, particularly with men. It's something that I was surprised by. Um, but I like where you were shocked at the amount of, of conversation that was happening online across social media about people just freaking out about not getting their, their hair cut because it seems to be such a huge priority for guys. Yeah, like the general, I suppose, time frame of a haircut is about four weeks. So, you know, every two to four weeks is kind of the the longevity of a haircut. And we don't really pay attention to that, I don't think, because the price point in a barber shop, we're high end. So we're like 20 to 30 euro for a cut, which I think is high end, but we're not the most expensive and we're definitely not the cheapest. But lads just a haircut actually only lasts about 10 days visually i think for women if they get color done or anyone that gets color done like that i think roots grow out in about the same actually a little bit longer so guys like it was mad we got offered like i've been offered a hundred euro multiple times from people to get to give them a haircut which is and i've heard people being offered more and it's it's mad it's some people don't see the seriousness of it but the, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I got off track there a little bit. No, that's really interesting that, that people are, are, are that desperate or whatever. I mean, one of the things that like uh, kind of struck me is the different um, concerns that people have, like the different types of things that they miss in particular um, that are quite technical, rather than anybody can effectively trim their own hair or whatever. But there is a technical aspect to cuts when you look at fades and stuff like that. I mean, is that something that people can conceivably do at home without uh, it going very badly? So <laughs> to be honest, this this is the, the, the good side to are the uh, the entertainment side with so many people, whoever they're living with, whether it be their partner or families, uh, have tried to do home haircuts. And I've seen some barber shops offer rewards for the worst haircut and the best haircut. Um, you, it's really, I've, I'm cutting hair 12 years now and I started off in hairdressing and then moved to barbering. So I would like to think, and I've won awards, not to my own harm, but I'd like to think I have a good idea of how to cut hair. But when you try to do your own haircut in a mirror, it's it's next to nearly impossible. So I was asked by a company, would I do a video on it, which I've done. And I, I actually bottled it initially because I was like, no, this isn't going to look good. I started with my beard and even that's tough enough to do as a professional. So the way in which it's going is there is ways to kind of maintain it and tame it. 
but to give yourself a full-on haircut, it's it's. I wouldn't advise it. But if you're going to shave your head for charity, go ahead. Or if you don't mind having a laugh, do it. But it's definitely not going to look good if you try and replicate what we do in the shops, you know. And why is that? Why is it hard to do? Yeah. And um, well, I mean, it's a it's a craft, you know. It's I suppose how would I describe it as a similar job. I've never tried to do my own makeup, but now that's different, I suppose, because for guys, we never cut our own hair. Like, it hasn't been a thing we've grown up to do. Very few guys would cut their friends' hair as grown up. I think people that wear makeup, they probably start from a young age and they can do it. As, like, so if you go to a makeup artist, they might do it slightly better. But with a barber, it's, uh, it's, you may as well be cutting your hair with your left hand. Doing it, it's that difficult. Like, it's seriously complex, even though it doesn't look like it. And what should people like, would you have any tips if you are advising people uh, to if they are really, really desperate? Like, what should you do and what shouldn't you do if you are setting out to try and cut your own hair? So in our industry, a lot of the owners and uh, we be we've a good few friends across the pond and in Europe and a lot of the owners, we have a kind of campaign to like grow it out. So like we're kind of hashtagging grow it out and we're getting like weekly updates of our own hair as the owners and a lot of the kind of customers are sending it in. I think it's a good chance to grow out your hair to try out a new style. And if you are going to cut it, I mean, I would probably, I'd go onto YouTube and see what one seems the easiest to you, but it's kind of expensive to buy a clippers and um, you need a clippers. Obviously, I wouldn't advise using a scissors. That is a whole different ball game. But if you're going to have fun with it, yeah, maybe just YouTube how to cut your own hair. We're definitely not going to put up a video of ourselves or our staff doing it just because I kind of want to support the industry. But on the other hand, I have seen some um, celebrities and influenced or type people that are shaving it for charity, which I think if you're to do that, that's a really good cause because hair does grow back. And when we do open up, we'll gladly fix it up, you know. When you're talking about um, clippers versus scissors, what tools should people be looking at? Are there any particular brands or kinds that you think would work uh, if people want to have a go? Yeah, I mean... Uh, if you try and hold the scissors and a comb in your hand when you have no experience, it's you're going to cut yourself. So even in the video that I did um, on how to, I just I, I held up a scissors and comb and said, do not use this. If you're going to use the clippers, the salon services, the Sally's, there's Terry sales, or you can pretty much get anything online. But wall is the clipper type that we all use in all of the shops. They're about €100. Euro. But you would have it for life if you were to buy it. And again, I would only do the back and sides or else shave my head. I wouldn't try and do um, like a classic haircut or something that looks kind of Hollywood-esque and long. You can kind of only do short haircuts with a clipper. So if you're thinking of jar head kind of look or, you know, any of these short haircuts, even I've seen David Beckham being the probably biggest guy in male grooming and someone that changed uh the whole industry, I think, years ago for us, he shaved his head and he did it himself. I think it was a number one all over. But the problem is not everybody looks like David Beckham after they shaved their head. So be very cautious <laughs> going into that, you know. And here's the thing about shaving your head as well. You've pointed out something very um, pertinent that people 
not everyone suits a shaved head. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot, like some of my female friends who are shaving their head and I'm always totally jealous because certain people have a head shape can do it. If I did that, I would look full scale like a giant baby, effectively. <laughs> so, and you have how, a head of hair anyway, so I would advise not doing it anyway. Thank you, Shawnee. <laughs> um, how do you know if you have a good head for shaving? Very good question. And I wish everybody asked me that, that has messaged me on Instagram over the last few weeks. So if, for example, you, if you look in the mirror at your head shape or your hairline shape, you kind of want a low hairline, which means where your hair starts to your eyebrow. And if it's straight and square, you will probably look quite good. If you have what I have, which is kind of like car park shaped hairline, which means two deep recession areas, it's not going to look as good. So if you look at celebrities' hairlines, that's literally what you have to Google. Uh, celebrity with good hairlines, you'll kind of figure out someone that looks or has a similar hairline to yourself. So I'm trying to think off the top of my list who looks good and who doesn't look good. So Jude Law would look not great. He has a similar hairline to myself for anyone listening. He's got really deep recession areas. But then if you look at David Beckham, he's kind of got a more of a square hairline. So it actually suits him. That's why it suits him and it wouldn't suit Jude Law. It's because of the shape of the hairline, not because of how good looking the two guys are. Should people have a go at a DIY fade? I mean, I think why not? Because it doesn't seem like we're going to be open for the the next time frame of when it would take you to get your hair cut. And it's a bit of fun. I mean, it's probably the only chance like that you might get in our lifetime to do this and it would be good memories and I think I'm encouraging the entertainment factor to take pictures record it um, and it would be a funny story to show people and especially when you come back to the the barber shops it would be a it would give us a bit of a giggle, I think, to fix it again. And I think there's a newfound appreciation for what we do. Even myself, and I'm, I actually didn't give myself enough credit for the amount of people that do rely on us. And I almost, I think, after seven years, I was like, God, remember, remember that guy was ringing me or texting me and hounding me like eight, nine in the evening. Can you get a haircut? Can you fit me in? Can you do this, please? Can you stay back? I didn't realize that on a deeper level, it's it really, really helps people feel good of how they look. And when they find the person that they feel comfortable with, because it is such a close and personal uh, profession, it, it can mean the world to somebody. I, I know so many people that have gone and gotten a job uh, after they've gotten a haircut, like they've gone for an interview and they just got in and they got that confidence kick or their first day or it's funny, I've almost just had time to stop and think, well, we do actually help and make people feel good on a daily basis. And that's actually what I got into the industry for, you know. Mm. You know, one of the things you're touching on there as well is how um, lockdown has brought home the importance of barber shops as a social outlet, as a community outlet. Um, Is that something that you're thinking about more? And is that something that you miss from your shops? So I'm I'm fortunate that I live in Temple Bar, so I'm close to our two um, city centre shops. And when I initially started, I remember I know everybody on a first name basis and I did like that. And when we grew and I couldn't cut everybody's hair, you just gradually grow and you start to not know everyone and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I did want it to be a social club. Like we don't have uh, TVs or video games or anything like that in the shops because I do like the art of conversation. We do have music now in the background, 
And the thing that I do miss is the walking in and the seeing the faces of people and even people's kids and friends of friends. And like we encourage people to come in with their partner or friend or mom, dad, uncle, auntie, whoever. And I've gone into the shops for the first two weeks. I think I went into the two city center ones and just sat there and reflected. And I actually got very sad. I was like, this is so weird, just desolate. And like, it was kind of post-apocalyptic 28 days later feel. And I was like, whoa, it's just, I'm sure other industries are worse, but that's my world. And I don't know, when you build something from the ground up, it's really heartbreaking to just not see the, the I suppose, the the beast working, you know, it's, 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 it's playing a bit of a weird role, I think, on every business owner to see their establishment, their establishment's dead. It's, yeah, I don't know. I really do miss the, the buzz of it. Mm. And when you um, hear or, or kind of see other stories from around Europe about different countries that are coming out of lockdown very gradually in different ways or trying different things, one of the things that seems to be brought up is that one of the first places that might be able to open is hairdressers and barbers and stuff like that. Um, do you have any idea of when or when you hope that that could happen uh, in Ireland? So for us, we've looked at Denmark, uh, Australia, Hong Kong and Germany. And as I said, I was kind of ignorant. I don't really, um, I try, I've tried to stay away from looking at news and stuff like that because uh, notably I think one of the English tabloids like caused crazy clickbait with the, the hairdresser barber thing to shut down for the whole year. I've seen the barber shops in the countries I've named, they would open at 50% capacity. So obviously if we have six in one shop, we would only have three on. We're appointment based anyway, which is quite good. It means we don't have a queue of um, of many people. But I feel like if we were to open up even in June, I'd be happy at the start of June if it was safe to be 50% capacity. But maybe what we would have to do is extend the appointments by 15 minutes. To, like we spend a half an hour on a cut, but if we extended each cut to 15 minutes, it would allow us time to sanitize, clean, and give the next customer that five minutes of turnarounds that are not kind of passing over each other, so it would be. But mm. that in itself is you're going to be, you know, the if you're going to be open, but you're taking in less than 50% of, you know, the income and then you're given another 15 minutes per client. I don't know how it could survive, but I'm just, I've never not worked since I'm 13 as a lounge boy. I've always worked. So this is, and I'm sure the same as many people who work harder than me and whatever else. It's, um, the safety does come first. And I don't think people think it's as serious as it is. Cause when I'm in town, I see people and particularly groups of young families with different families seem to go and cycle and walks in all the small parks. And then just young, young guys, like groups of six and seven teenagers, not giving a crap. It's frustrating for me when I'm like, I don't know, it's it, like potentially we could lose one or all of our barber shops, And that's 20 staff, all, you know, hardworking people from Ireland. And they're all like very, they, they campaign for supporting local and shopping local, which I'm a big, big ambassador for. And if I was to lose them and my own job I don't know what I would do I'd have to move home I think it's it's so close to happening it's month, it's months away I feel like financially like in three to six months I would have to you know all the businesses potentially wouldn't have any cash flow and we would have to then maybe go for a loan and it, yeah we could all be the dream could be over in three to six months I feel 
truthfully by looking at our finances. And one of the things you're talking about, like different aspects of capacity, um, you know, and, and there's been a lot of chatter from people who don't necessarily work in the industries they're talking about saying, oh, well, you know, restaurants could open up with 40 percent of their customers. But of course, that's not financially viable at all. And how how yeah. does a waiter put something down on a table when there's physical distancing rules? Yeah. Which is why I've been surprised that uh, the it's in some initial stages of businesses opening up in, as you mentioned, like Germany, Denmark, that hairdressers, et cetera, and barbers have been there. It's like, how do you physically distance if you're cutting someone's hair? So already what we've done, even only this morning, is I've looked up disposable gloves, disposable aprons, the visors and the masks and there's these uh, Denmark brothers who have four chairs in the shop and they've opened up uh, with just two two members of staff and they vlogged it uh, on one of the barber pages and they did a 10-hour shift each. And it's kind of funny because when you see the pictures of the, like, the frontline workers, especially the people in hospitals with the masks on and their face red raw, this guy explained it in our industry and it's gone viral that he actually couldn't breathe properly and he was physically exhausted. This is only from one day's work. Mm. He was saying how he recommended to try and get the plastic divisors. This is, he goes, this is my first day. Uh, I've never appreciated the frontline workers as much as I have now. They're doing this six weeks and some people are doing longer than 10 hour shifts. That scares me. Um, in the shop as well, because hygiene can be very lax in every industry, as we all know. And I think if you're if we're overwhelmed with customers, even if we do operate an appointment based system, people generally still walk into business. People are going to lose their shit. Sorry for the language when we open because like, oh, can you get a haircut? And even if I've been in the shops the last week, just sitting there or I've been working and painting, cleaning, just trying to do bits, people are constantly banging on the window and the, the shutters are down, but they can see me underneath and they're still banging and shouting in at me. I think there'll be an influx of like, I don't know, new cases and people will slip up and the money will maybe, they'll probably just cut corners to make money. So it's a little bit, it's very concerning actually, because not everyone's going to abide by the rules. So it's, um, it's such a grey area and I, I really don't know what to do and I don't see it, it opening up anyway for May for sure. Mm. And finally, Sean, how are you coping yourself? Because it's um, such a shock to the system. Yeah, so so Percy, if I'm honest, at the start, as I said, I was like, the, the biggest shock in our, in I suppose my business life was to be some these the couple of days that we shot. I was like, God, we lost out on thousands and we had to pay the staff and whatever. But in the scale of things, that was nothing. For me, as I said, I've always worked. I took it, I took it really hard. I actually, I went to work by myself on the Tuesday, I think it was the 18th, I think it was the day after Paddy's Day. And I was like, right, I'm going to deep clean the shops, get some stuff done. And I took all the artwork off the two shops in town and I started to paint. And then I was like, what am I doing this for? And the shops have not lied dormant. I don't know. I started to kind of get a bit lost on even having like a week of the shop closed. Because at Christmas, we only closed for about five days. It, it hit home and I got upset. And yeah, it was it was kind of, it was scary. Like I really took it and uh, I didn't know what to do. So I took a few days away from the shop. Uh, tried to reevaluate what I'm going to do or what's going on. And it just made me think that 
as hard as it is to say, there's, there's so much more important things going on. So I did some online uh, therapy and um, I did a thing with Pat Dively, a, a two-week online course of self-development, self-help and mental uh, strength awareness kind of thing. And that actually was my saviour. And that was for the, the first two weeks, I think the Pat Dively thing helped me. I started to journal and then I, my creative flow and juices came back. We've done a couple of IGTV videos of what to do, uh, how to help, but just growing the hero, which I've done really, really well. And um, me, myself, I'm feeling pretty good and I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I've just been doing loads of positive kind of self-help work. Uh, I've, I've done some reading. I've done online courses. There's um, a really good hygiene course for anyone in hair and beauty uh, with Barbicide. That's the website. They do a free online course. And I've been doing online coaching for fellow business owners and uh, young barbers looking to maybe get into what uh, we do and how to expand. So I've my kind of I've built up some sort of business. It's not huge, but uh, I've been doing online coaching with barbers from all over the UK and Ireland. Um, so it's weird. I'm I'm now yeah. I'm kind of being a bit of a mentor, I suppose, to people, which is it's very flattering and it's uh, it keeps me occupied. So I have some kind of a work system, but I'm just not cutting hair. I'm I'm missing cutting hair, if I'm honest. Well, hopefully you'll be back soon and I really appreciate you taking the time out and stay well and safe, Johnny. And uh, yeah, you'll be back. You'll be back behind that chair soon. Don't worry. I know. And look, thanks so much, Una, for uh, for having me on. It was great chatting to you. Nice one. Nice one.